0: Congress. I'm Pete Franklin, the press officer for the Congress, and I imagine we'll be seeing a lot of you during the coming week. I'd just like to make a few points before we begin. <coughs> As many of you know, at least most of you here, there is press registration out in the main lobby. If you have not registered at this time, you can do so after the conference or prior to any of the other sessions. We do have a publicity staff, which also has the same pink badges. It says Pen Press on it. They'd be only too happy to help you out with any questions you may have. We do have a press room in this building. It is up on the fourth floor, room 408. In that room, we have telephones and typewriters. Uh, we're not quite ready for you this morning. We can make the facilities available, but we're a little untidy up there. But uh, that room is open to you. And there, too, we will have a bulletin board for messages and special announcements about activities of the Congress. So if you plan to come every day, or even only once or twice, uh, it might be a good idea to check in at the press room to find out if anything special has been arranged for you. We will also leave messages for you there if, we, if that's where we receive them. For those of you f- uh, working for radio stations, we will be able to make a limited number of tapes of various portions of the Congress available to you. This is for radio stations only. If you would see a member of the press staff after this conference, will be happy to explain those arrangements. I would like to give you the, a few telephone numbers. During the weekend here at Loeb Student Center, the main switchboard is closed, and if you are trying to reach us, it's best that you do so at, through the press room phone numbers, which are direct. All these numbers begin with 777. So it's 3263 3770 3080 and three three four zero. All those begin with 777. I'd like to say that after the we have our speakers this morning, then we will have the conference open to questions and answers. Please hold your questions until we have completed our portion of the program. I'd also like to call your attention to the most important piece of information in your press kits, for it concerns our first speaker here today, Louis Galantier, president of the host Penn American Center, who has worked so very hard in making possible this 34th International Penn Congress here in New York. There must have been a gremlin in our typing pool, for invariably his name has been spelled wrong. So please note that correction sheet in your press kit. Mr. Gallantier has been president of American Pen since 1965. He is an author, playwright, and one of the foremost translators of the works of French authors in this country today. So, with profound profound apologies to him from the press staff, may I introduce the real Louis Gallantier.
1: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, This Congress somehow got itself talked about, Uh, it's been pretty well discussed all over the country. Uh, You've seen, perhaps, the special issue of the Saturday Review devoted to it. This morning, Book Week, which doesn't suffer from the printer's strike in New York but is printed in Washington, uh, has cover stories on the Penn Congress, printed in Washington and distributed by certain out-of-town newspapers, including the Washington Post. And uh, we're very happy that uh, attention has been paid to this extent to a uh, a writer's congress in a country where there's been a great deal of fervor and enthusiasm about uh, what is called bureaucratically, I think, the visual and performing arts, uh, which have uh, so far overshadowed The literary art, the idea that the literary art should be recognized as generously as it has been around the country, and in particular quarters of interest to us, is very gratifying to us. This Congress, I think I can say, is the uh, largest, most numerous encounter of American writers and writers from other countries uh, ever assembled here. There's something like 400-odd foreign writers uh, registered and present here, and uh, a couple of hundred American writers. It's quite a big show. It's a kind of uh, typical American success story in that uh, the Penn Center in the United States, like all Penn Centers, I believe, is without endowment, without fixed resources, fixed assets, without any resources except the uh, annual membership dues of about 800 members now. And for us to uh, undertake an enterprise of this sort with nothing in our hands but our, uh, call it our courage, uh, is... uh, well, it was a challenge. The, uh, the reason we did it, I think, I can say, was, uh, well, one of embarrassment that American PEN members should have been for 42 years the guests of other PEN centers and over that long period, since 1924, not once have been the host. It seemed scandalous that uh, this situation should continue, and at the Oslo Pen Congress in 1964, having uh, taken our courage in our hands, we invited International Pen to meet in New York. Then we came home and scratched our heads and asked ourselves, well, what can be done about it? We found, as I say, to our enormous satisfaction when we set about doing something about it, that um, literature was recognized along with these uh, more public, as it were, mass arts. Uh, The arts that uh, have been so widely supported by foundations, by funds, latterly, by the newly created National Council on the Arts of which Roger Stevens is chairman, and uh, when we went to the sources of funds for this purpose, we were gratified to find that uh, they recognized the significance of this kind of enterprise and were prepared to help. We owe a great thanks for the comprehension and the material support that we received, in particular basically from the Ford Foundation, the Rockefeller Brothers Fund, the J.D.R. Third Fund, uh, an industrial firm like the Xerox Corporation, the uh, whole of the publishing trade in the United States, and uh, book publishing trade, I mean, and such uh, uh, related enterprises, the magazine field and others as the Reader's Digest Foundation, Time Life, the Book of the Month Club. I want to single out as particularly significant the contribution with the decision made by uh, Roger Stevens and his colleagues of the National Council on the Arts to uh, support this enterprise. They uh, uh, announced that the other day They didn't attach a figure to their announcement. I think maybe I shouldn't, that's their business, but the uh, contribution lies somewhere between the $75,000 we got from the Ford Foundation and the $25,000 we got from the Rockefeller Brothers Fund. Um, You will note also in the program which uh, you may have in your hands or may not yet have in your hands, that uh, this Congress has the honor of uh, the sponsorship of a list of 20-odd extremely eminent and dignified personalities. Uh, There are three categories. The arts are represented by seven of uh, I think the outstanding personalities in each of those arts, Martha Graham in the dance, Aaron Copeland in music, uh, Mies van der Rohe in architecture, uh, and uh, the uh, government and political figures are in our list of sponsors. You will notice that the Secretary of State is one of our sponsors that Governor Rockefeller is another. That's the two senators from New York State, Senator Javits and Senator Robert Kennedy are in that list. And uh, finally, we uh, have uh, the sponsorship of uh, the heads of what we might call uh, related associations in, uh, the intellectual world. All those are in the program and, uh, as I say, you have it before okay. you. The particular feature of the program that uh, will interest you, of course, is not the social uh, events in the program, but the, um, the topics presented for discussion in roundtables under our general theme, our general theme being, as you, uh, I take it for granted, know already, the writer as independent spirit. The uh, This theme, I think I ought to make clear, was not considered under its political aspect. Uh, Penn has had, for many years, uh, first... Informal committees, and finally a so called Writers in Prison Committee concerning itself with censorship, with imposed ideology, with the persecution of the writer and the imprisonment of the writer in various countries around the world, of whatever, under whatever social system those writers lived. And uh, the uh, uh, The phenomenon of uh, persecution, of censorship, of difficulties of communication put in the way of the writer is uh, an accepted fact upon which policy, uh, accepted I mean to say, is is, is a phenomenon on which pen policy has been long determined and pen action has been carried on with great success in many countries, in a variety of countries. Uh, But there are... um, in the world in which we live, there are things going on which, uh, thre- which seem to menace the independence of <laughs> spirit of the writer in uh, what you might call more subtle or more insidious ways. And those, uh, again, I refer you to the program, are the, uh, to discuss those constitutes the heart of the, the program. Uh, We don't know, for example, there's been a great deal of talk about what the role of the writer can be in the electronic age. Well, uh, we don't expect to settle anything about that, but it's a confused situation and we're going to get clarification here from such authorities on the electronic age as Marshall McLuhan, this might almost be called, I think, the McLuhan Year, and uh, Buckminster Fuller uh, and a number of writers of considerable <laughs> prominence who have interested themselves themselves in that subject. Um, another subject that will attract, I think, a good deal of te- attention from the public, uh, we call the writer as public figure. And uh, we ask uh, whether or not the fact of committing oneself to a public position and uh, committing oneself uh, adopting a kind of uh, a, a adopting a a persona a um, a, person a a public personality in apart from engaging in the art of literature Uh, does or does not affect the writer's uh, independence of spirit. Uh, There are two subjects of a more, um, perhaps a less general, a more literary and special interest that are being discussed at the Congress. One of them arises out of the new authority authority received uh, in uh, recent years by uh, sociology, by psychology, in uh, as delineators of the nature of man. I think it can be said that, uh, immemorially, we have looked to literature, to Homer, to Dante, to Goethe, to Shakespeare, to whomever you please, as the source of what we know and what we can learn about the spirit and the nature of man. And now we have, as I say, uh, sociologists and psychologists, those two in particular, to some extent, anthropologists telling us what man is. And we have even, uh, it is said, uh, uh, a situation in which the imaginative writers themselves seem to accept some of them the uh, the theses of the scientific or quasi-scientific investigators into the spirit of man. And uh, we want to uh, put, f- we want a confrontation of those two contributions to that definition of the, the, the uh, problem of defining the nature of man, and we'll have that at the Congress. We have also the uh, phenomena relating to changes in the... Uh, in, in publishing and in uh, the production of uh, writing in response, I suppose, primarily to the new... Li- the new literacy around the world. The, uh, the, the vast increase in literacy and in reading all over the world has created a uh, a, um, a demand for information uh, a hunger to know things directly which uh, has had an effect of uh, to some extent turning creative writers, imaginative writers away from the products of the literary imagination into the, uh, the documentary field. Of course, an, an obvious uh, example of that, two of them have been the uh, extraordinary book of Truman Capote <coughs> in recent months and the, uh, the book on uh, Mrs. Oswald by one of our finest short story writers, Gene Stafford, and uh, that uh, situation as between the imaginative work and the document is something that will be examined. Another thing that will be examined is the effect of what I might call bigness in publication on uh, the independence of the writer. The uh, vast publishing complexes that have been set up in the book world. The authority assumed by magazine publishers and magazine writers which seem to uh, dictate a vocabulary, a house style, even the subjects on which writers will talk about uh, and uh, the relation of that to the independence of the writer. It's not hard to imagine Uh, a writer employed on a given type of magazine. No, I don't need to mention any particular one. Uh, Doing a job on that magazine in the style and the vocabulary uh, with the uh, general attitude of the uh, magazine's management towards the business of writing, Losing his job and then not being able to write in any other way. well those, those are some of the things that uh, will be discussed at the meeting. Now uh, we have assembled here, as I say, four hundred odd european uh, so four hundred odd foreign writers from Europe and from other countries uh, and uh, those, uh, those writers are listed in the program. you'll find for the, uh, an extraordinarily brilliant Latin American delegation. You'll find remarkable writers from Africa, few, I'm sorry to say, but roses, a a, a, uh, most interesting Asian representation, and of course a strong uh, collection of European delegations. I think uh, that uh, that is as much as I uh, ought to say, uh, and I'm going to uh, leave you to the next speaker. Thank
0: you Mr. Gallantier. David Carver has been International General Secretary of Penn for the past 15 years, and an honorary treasurer of Penn since 1948. In addition, he has enjoyed a successful career as a concert singer. And as many of you know, he has recently spent some time in the Soviet Union in talks leading toward the establishment of a Penn Center there. Mr. Carver.
2: Well, ladies and gentlemen, just five minutes on the international aspect of PEN. PEN, unless it's international, is literally nothing. Uh, national uh, societies uh, of writers that are of course important and, and useful but it is in the international aspect uh, of writers getting together, which is the whole basic idea of pen, getting together in the interests of freedom of expression and helping towards world peace. Now, Louis Galantier has already referred to uh, the uh, the work of the Writers in Prison Committee. Uh, This is obviously a very important part of Penn's program, but it is only a part. Uh, What I want to do in five minutes is to give you a general sketch of the makeup of Penn and uh, what what it does in the world, and what it's trying to do. It has 78 centers in 56 countries. The governing body of Penn is the Congress, the annual Congress. But when the annual Congress is not sitting, the International Executive Committee uh, looks after the affairs of Penn, and I am its servant as General Secretary. Now, the Congress meets annually, and uh, this, I think, is a very important point. Uh, This year, it will be the 34th International Congress in 45 years. we have a a, a very definitely established program for the next three or four years. Next year, we are invited to have our Congress, the 35th, in the Ivory Coast, in Abidjan. The year after that, in India, in South India, in Bangalore. And there are invitations, likely from Israel, to hold a Congress in Tel Aviv and Jerusalem, and from Japan, in Osaka, and from France in Monton, There was a time fairly recently, the years in fact of 1961 and 63, when it was not possible to arrange an international congress for Penn. During these three years, we had what we call more restricted meetings, that is, uh, the International Executive Committee, which consists of two delegates from each center, would meet and have a round-table conference on the following two days. This happened in Rome in 1961, in Brussels in 62, and uh, in Reims in 1963. It seems a little odd, therefore, that having had this rather barren period in regard to the full Congress, now we have as many as five invitations uh, for the, co- the coming five years. It would seem to me to point a model. Uh, Penn is obviously making more and more impact and more and more countries want to have Penn meet uh, as the representative international body. I can never get out of the centres as General Secretary up-to-date lists of its members. I suppose they do fluctuate but I can't get out of the centres a definite list every year, but I reckon we have about 8,000 writers enrolled under the banner of International Pen. Now, uh, our press representative talked of my recent visit to Moscow. This has been covered in the press of most countries, certainly in the West. It was a difficult mission that I had to try and persuade the Soviet Writers' Union to ask their government to make an act of clemency for Siniavsky and Daniel, the two Soviet writers who had been tried and condemned to harsh prison sentences, seven and five years respectively. When we heard a fortnight ago <coughs> That the Soviet Writers Union was sending a deputation of observers, we were pleased. I certainly was very pleased. I believe Mr. Gallantier was, and I'm sure Mr. Miller was. So it's a great disappointment to find that this um, deputation, this uh, these five, six observers from the USSR representing the Soviet Writers Union. Is not coming in fact. I think it's too early to make any kind of uh, (laughs) guess as to what has caused the Writers Union to change its mind but all I want to say now is that I think it's very regrettable Uh, this delegation was not particularly representative of Soviet letters but it was representative of the body in Moscow with which I was negotiating a possible center in the USSR. I don't consider that the decision not to send this delegation means that the door is closed. It is certainly open. But it would have been far better uh, for the possible future of our negotiations, if the delegation had come. But I won't take up any more of your time. I know you're wanting to hear Arthur Miller. I'd like to say personally that I am extremely gratified and pleased that the American Center has decided to hold this great Congress in New York.
0: Thank you, Mr. Carver. Arthur Miller, the international president of Penn, is one of those gentlemen of whom I can truly say needs no introduction. His work in the American theater is world-renowned. His many honors include two Pulitzer Prizes, for the death of a salesman in 1949, and a view from the bridge in 1955. It is an honor to present to you, Mr. Miller.
3: It seems to me that most of the points have been covered by Mr. Galanchier and Mr. Carver. And uh, I'm going to make a speech on Monday uh, to the Congress. And frankly, I don't know what else to add uh, to what they've said. I would prefer to keep this uh, press conference as short as possible, for your sakes mainly. Uh, and to just take questions if you have any. Uh, in a word, I, I uh, think pen is important uh, because at this time, for many reasons, writers all over the world are becoming more and more aware of their role in society and are more and more interested in clarifying it. And uh, we found, at least as a relatively new member of this organization, I found that uh, by comparing notes with people of various cultures, uh, it throws light on our situation here in this country as well as uh, the other way around. I I think that uh, the morale of the writer as a citizen and as a practitioner of a very important Art is uh, likely to be immensely improved by this organization. Uh, I think I'll leave it at that so that we can get to any questions, uh, and I hope we can answer everybody. Mr. Thanks. Miller, may I ask you the first complete? Sure, go ahead. Can you the fact that absolutely Charter, how do you expect to set up the of the Soviet Union? Well, that is a, a, an ideal which is not, by no means completely met in many writers in prison committee which attempts to uh, alleviate the situation for writers who are persecuted. Uh, never lacks customers and it unfortunately has found it necessary to operate in many Western countries uh, as well as in the Soviet Union. I don't think there is a country in the world today where some form of censorship doesn't exist so that it is a rare country. Well, one can say that absolute freedom for the writer exists. This is in no way to uh, mitigate the facts of this, uh, the sinyavsky daniel case. But we would hope that by establishing a center in the Soviet Union, we and the Soviet writers could help to bring about the day when there was absolute freedom, just as we hope to do so in the rest of the world.
0: Uh, Sir, Uh, do you think that the Marshall McLuhan outlook is a danger to the creative writer today?
3: Uh, Quite frankly, I'm going to have to listen to him (laughs) to give you an answer. Uh, I'm rather an amateur in that department and I wouldn't want to give you an answer at this point. Uh, Mr. Galantia would probably be the one to answer that question. He's the head of the American Center. I have had very little to do with that.
1: May I, uh, Arthur, say this word? Um, every PEN member throughout the world has, uh, what I say, is entitled to attend a Congress uh, if he has the uh, means to travel to a Congress and to uh, take care of himself at the point where the Congress assembles. If the delegation, the American delegation, is as large as it is, it's primarily because the Congress is held at a point of easy access to the American delegation. Wherever we hold a Congress, the largest delegation, overwhelmingly, is the delegation from the host center. Uh, Beyond that, the only thing that needs to be said is that the uh, board of directors or managing committee of each center appoints two of its delegates as official delegates, and those two delegates Uh, sit on the International Executive Committee, there is no, uh, what will I say, there is no choice, there is no designation by any authority in a pen centre of who may or may not be a member of the delegation as regards any delegation. It, uh, uh, the convention, the, what you call the convention money normally, the Congress money. the Congress money does not normally cover transportation costs for any delegate to the Congress. We have obtained uh, special funds from uh, particular sources in the United States to bring to this country uh, writers from those many countries where hard currencies are in such short supply that it is practically impossible for a private citizen in those countries to obtain dollars, sterling, French francs, Swiss francs, with which uh, to um, move abroad at all. Uh, For example, one of our sources is the JDR Third Fund. The JDR Thir- Third Fund is particularly is interested in Asia, and the JDR Third Fund allocated uh, a, a grant to us for the particular purpose of bringing a few Asian writers to this country. That is an example of travel funds provided.
3: Sir. In the list of Congress members, uh, there is now in connection with the uh, cancellation of the Soviet uh, writers' participation. There is a long list of uh, members uh, representing Estonia and a shorter list of members representing Latvia. Could you tell us if they are people coming from there or if they are people living in the country? Uh,
1: no, they are people who reside outside those uh, Baltic republics which now form part of uh, the Soviet Union. Mr. Galante,
3: uh, in the list of active Penn chapters, there is
0: none for Spain. However, you I beg you pardon, In list of active Penn f- yes. chapters, there is none for Spain. You list, however, two delegates from Catalonia.
2: Uh, can you explain that?
1: Uh, the Madrid center of Penn, I believe uh, Mr. Carver will agree, is inactive at the present moment. Uh, I must say, as regards... David,
2: David would, you, would you answer that? Well, the situation in Spain is this, that the Spanish center, which flourished until the, uh, uh, the uh, revolution in Spain, uh, is now uh, non-existent. It was suppressed by General Franco. During the last six years, there has existed what we call a preparatory pen center. The uh, secretary of that is a man named José Luis Cano, who is the editor of uh, Insula, the uh, very reputable literary magazine published in Madrid. Each year, he has tried to get a little further, but only six months ago, the Spanish government gave a final no to his application for a centre. We feel very discouraged. We don't feel, however, that it is the last word. As far as the Catalonia Centre is concerned, it's really a Catalan centre in exile. Although the two delegates are in touch with uh, a number of writers in Barcelona who consider themselves members of the Catalan Centre. This is really an underground business, but the Spanish authorities have not so far taken any overt action. Those who are attending the executive committee and later the business session will find that there is a resolution concerning the continued persecution by the Spanish government of the Catalan language and the Catalan people. Mr.
3: Carles, since you are uh. at the point, I'd like to ask you: Don't you think that there is a rather a decline in the prestige of the pen movement because the pen movement has failed to raise its voice during the dark period of dictatorship, Nazism, fascism, as well as Stalinism?
2: Well. <laughs> I think yeah. that the, uh, there is no decline in Penn prestige, and I think that the history of Penn vis a vis fascism, Nazism, and all these other g- dictatorships is one that could be blazoned aloft. Uh, do, uh, may I recall to you the Congress in Dubrovnik in 1933 when H.G. Wells was president of Penn and the German delegation was asked two questions? Did you Did you protest against the burning of the books? Did you circulate uh, the uh, writers asking if if they were Jews or not? They could not answer, and they walked out. And from that time, there was no German center until 1948. That seems to me to be typical of what Penn has done against dictatorship.
0: Uh, Mr. Miller, have you received any communication from the Soviet Union of writers announcing
3: that their delegation No. Yes. I I
1: haven't, but uh, go ahead. Uh, ahead. Following the first report by Peter Gross from Moscow in the New York Times, I think a day or two after, we did finally receive a cable of regret from the Soviet Writers' Union to the effect that the Soviet observers would not turn up.
0: Received any informal means, any reasons why they chose not to
1: come? No reason was given. Could we have a text uh, of the telegram? Could you read us, to us, the text? I don't have it in my hands, but I assure you that it wouldn't enlighten you in the least. <laughs> uh,
3: Mr. Gilliam, if you spoke of censorship in any country, uh, would you elaborate on censorship in the United States? I don't
1: think that's Except part of if it. You
3: talk, uh, would you think that I could I would do it excepting I'm afraid that it gets into the whole business of the congress to uh, there are people who are going to talk of this we have uh, it'll make this all too elaborate I think to start into these issues Could you
0: repeat the question, please, for yes, Mr. Uh, Gallantier? My question is whether the Congress for
1: Cultural Freedom had anything to do with financing of this Congress? Uh, I don't, uh, I didn't hear the question. Does the
3: Congress cultural for freedom. Cultural Freedom
1: have, have anything to do with the, financing of this with the financing of this Congress? I have had no funds from the Congress for Cultural Freedom. They are, of course, uh, an organization interested in freedom of expression and in the promotion of uh, freedom of the transmission of thought, but uh, we have had no funds here from the Congress for Cultural Freedom. It may be. It may be that uh, they. Uh, let me see now. I think there. I think that one. Uh, um, one observer who will appear here is uh, an editor of one of their publications, I'm not quite sure. I would have to check that. Uh, beyond that, I, I'm, uh, I can assure you that we in the United States have had no funds from them. Sir, could you
0: tell us well, how these centers are established and who can become a member of it
2: and <coughs> Well, pen centres are established under a definite rule in the international rules of pen. There must be as many as 20 bona fide writers. By that I mean that they are writers who are professional writers, even if they have a secondary profession. These 20 writers or more must express the desire to form a centre of pen. They must individually and collectively uh, subscribe to the Charter of Penn. When, this is, uh, when they have made this clear and they have elected a president, a secretary, and uh, a possible executive committee, they apply to me in London headquarters and ask for recognition. Their application, if I think it uh, bona fide, I bring before the executive committee of Penn and if it is accepted by them, it is placed before the Congress and the center is accepted as an autonomous Center. So,
0: my second question is I there are no in
2: the Arabic Yes, this is very regrettable. It means that uh, the centers in the Middle East, which include the Lebanon, Jordan, and Iran and Egypt, have not been able to send delegates. This uh, is a question of money. I had an appeal from the President of the Iran Center, uh, and Mr. Galantier had the same letter, asking for help in this respect Well, there are no funds available. It seems extraordinary to me that uh, it's not possible for Egyptian delegates, or, or Iranian delegates particularly, to get some kind of foundation in their countries to finance them to come to what is, after all, an important Uh, meeting of writers of so many nations, I mean, these literatures naturally ought to be represented in such a gathering of writers. But we have those four centers. The center in Iraq was suppressed uh, five years ago when General Tamte I've forgotten his name, came to power. Iran, Iran, Egypt, the Lebanon, and Jordan. They are members, yes. They each uh, have—the Iran Center is a very large one. It has uh, a big uh, central uh, center uh, um, in—where is uh, the capital of Iran? Tehran. Tehran. And branches in Isfahan and other places. The Egyptian Center has been in existence for many years. Uh, it has uh, as its president uh, Taha Hussein, who is the, uh, the old and very distinguished leading writer. The Lebanon has never been very active, and the Jordan Center is very new. Mr.
3: Cobb, are there any delegations from
2: Eastern Europe? That is yes. Eastern Europe? In Eastern Europe, there are delegates from Poland, Czechoslovakia, Hungary, Bulgaria, Yugoslavia, East Germany. Okay. Czechoslovakia, yes. Hungary. Romania. Bulgaria. Eastern Germany. Poland and Yugoslavia. Well, I gave those two. Poland and Yugoslavia, yes, of course. Mr.
3: Sir. Can you tell us?
2: I can't give you a chapter and verse for that. Uh, I I do not recall that uh, International Pen made any demonstration. At that time, um, the Writers in Prison Committee was not in existence. International Pen did work but it was only in 1960 at Rio de Janeiro that we actually formed this committee. Whether the American Center uh, took unilateral action, I really am not in a position to say. Would you like to
1: comment on that? No, I, I, don't, I don't myself. I, I, th- I think Penn, generally speaking, intervenes when there are actual cases of persecution of writers by a government authority, not of censorship merely, uh, of uh, particular works in particular states or communities, uh, which uh, are obviously a handicap, uh, an obstacle to the profession of the writer and to the trade of publication, but uh, I don't remember any, uh, any case of writers being sent to prison at that time. Uh, does anybody here remember such a thing? Yes, I do. Will you? Uh, <laughs> <will you answer?
3: laughs> uh, I wasn't a member of Penn in those days, and I don't recall any action being taken at all, and I regret it very much. Uh, sir, in the uh, brief biography, Penn is press kit. says 42 years have elapsed before a second opportunity arose, that is in the colony of Congress of the United States primarily because of the difficulty of obtaining
1: of obtaining visas for the delegates. Can you elaborate on that, please? <coughs> well, it requires no elaboration. The question of obtaining visas for the delegates never arose. What happened was that Penn didn't have any money and that uh, Penn didn't uh, uh, go out and find the resources to hold the Congress. It took its courage into its into its hands uh, in 1964 and went looking for that money. The money is quite a lot. I think our budget runs about $200,000 and for uh, an organization of writers which is uh, as poor as a church mouse and, as I say, has no uh, national uh, uh, sort of backing in, in the public domain to go out and find that money was never easy. I think you are aware that uh, it's only in very recently that uh, what might be called a national interest in the promotion of cultural endeavor in the interest of the civilization of the United States has been stimulated around the place. It started, I say, with the performing arts, went on with the visual arts, the museums, and so on, and we have uh, here a new phenomenon, which is an expression of national interest in literature as such, on a large scale. I have been asked to point out to you that uh, one of our international vice presidents The eminent Italian writer, Mr. Ignazio Silone, is in the room. Mr. Silone doesn't particularly want to be introduced, but he's here and he might rise and uh, say hello to you. I think one thing, if I may say so, that wants mention is that we ought to distinguish between a pen if I'm right, David, between a Penn Center and, uh, what will I say, the government of the country, uh, or any idea, generally speaking, of official mm-hmm. representation. Obviously, uh, the thing may be mixed in some countries. That is to say, you can have members of a Penn Center who have some relationship to, the, to a government, and uh, many more who have none at all. This is a phenomenon of the time that uh, can't be overcome. I think, myself, the virtue of having pen centers in varieties of countries where, as uh, Arthur Miller said, in effect, none of us are angels, uh, is that when a protest is forthcoming from international pen, Hearts are fortified among writers in the country against whose government or whose authorities the protest has been made, and uh, the impulse to freedom of writing and of transmission of thought is strengthened by the fact of the protest even when, in a given country, the Penn Center itself is not, for obvious reasons, able to um, uh, manifest its sympathy with that protest. That is, some, uh, that is a reality that we have to take account of. <coughs> I'd like to briefly get back to that question of visa. uh, visas. Of visas? you on your I beg pardon, will you? Will? Of, what, of, of, East, uh, East, of East Germany. Let me tell you, let me tell you the general situation. Um, so not too many years ago, we in America were extremely unhappy to find, and I don't mean when I say we, the Penn uh, Center or writers in America only, I mean the whole of the nation was extremely unhappy and somewhat ashamed to find that international conferences, certain of them, couldn't be held in the United States because visas would not be furnished by the U.S. government to many eminent scientists, political scientists, uh, biologists, whatever they were. Uh, That situation has been very largely overcome by a recent... uh, The institution recently, and you've read about it in the press, you know as much about it as I do, the institution recently of a new procedure in the Department of State under which uh, persons whose dossiers might take weeks to examine before they would get a visa could automatically be granted a visa to come to the United States as uh, participants in an, I- conference, in an international conference held in the United States without question. Visas for the purpose of attending that conference. A great step forward and has been person taken. Person. I beg pardon? The the, uh, Under that procedure, which was only... It was requested by the President of the United States on February 2nd, he said, um, in uh, in introducing his message on a new education, health and welfare bill that the United States was prepared to serve as host to international gatherings. He went on to say on February 2nd, I have consequently asked the secretary of state and the attorney general to explore the question of uh, receiving guests invited to such Congresses. March, April, May, I think uh, sometime in May, a new procedure was instituted and uh, uh, the whole of the business of granting visas was eased for the the specific purpose and specifically in favor of uh, people from outside the United States who were coming here for an international conference. Now, as regards the East Germans, I don't know whether you want me to go into that situation. The East Germans, generally speaking, Uh, If they are not representatives of a government not recognized by the United States, nor by the NATO powers, nor, I believe, by any other government than the communist governments around the world, those East Germans may go to the so-called Allied Travel Office in West Berlin. They may obtain there what are called temporary travel documents, and those TTDs are Unless the person applying is an official of the uh, East German regime or the German Democratic Republic, uh, those visas, generally speaking, are granted. The East Germans, the writers who will be coming to our Congress, who may have arrived already, I don't know whether they're due today or not, they are uh, here, are here, uh, are I believe traveling under Allied travel office. TTDs, and, of course, they obtained their visas at the U.S. consulate in West Berlin.
0: Where is the headquarters of the uh, Writers in Exile? Where are the,
1: headquarters? the headquarters of what?
0: Writers in Exile.
1: The Writers in Exile headquarters are in New York City. I beg pardon if there will Negro be Negro American, <coughs> American writers. Oh, yes, quite a number. Arnaud Bontemps, uh, Ralph Ellison. Uh, I can't remember the list. I, 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 I must confess to you that I haven't examined that long list of the American delegation. Langston Hughes, who is one of our directors, is absent, I think, in Africa on a government mission. Ralph Ellison is another of our directors. Um, Negro writers are certainly not neglected. And would uh, uh, any Negro writer in the United States, a bona fide writer, on, his, on the ground of his uh, record as a writer, is welcome in American pen. There is. A, are you implying that there may be any racialism in American pen? There are Negro writers on our board.
0: Thank you very much for coming. Uh, We will be available to you during the week, and I believe there is some more material for your press kits out at the press reception desk.